0: This is The Fit Mess with Zach and Jeremy. Thanks so much for listening to the show. We're very excited to bring our guest to you this week. His name is Ryan Sawyer. He has a brand new book out. It's called Choice Point, all about his struggle of going from a a, a national champion coach of a college football team to on the floor battling depression in its darkest uh, moments and how he's found a way through and found a new life and how he's uh, using... Everything he's learned to share that experience with you and and to improve your life. All right. So before we get to the interview, I had a really interesting experience this week, Zach, that I wanted to to share with you. Uh, because I think in the end it relates to a lot of what we talk about with with Coach Sawyer. Um, you know that feeling and I know this, this is happening for everyone everywhere right now. When you're walking through your yard and you walk through a spider web and it's just like mm-hmm. you're just ah, like it out of nowhere, didn't see it coming. This feeling My- my reaction
1: is usually quite a bit more than just, ah. <laughs> is, it,
0: is it more, ah! so,
1: Something like <laughs> it's that. It's a little bit like that, but <laughs> if you saw me from across the street, you would think, oh, there's the crazy guy again.
0: <laughs> well, I kept having moments like that, but in my mind, for, for some reason, walking through my yard, living my life, doing my thing, I would flash to these moments as a child when I was uh, angry, like alone, screaming just having these traumatic experiences. And I just, for for no reason, they just kept popping into my head. And I was like, God, that is weird. Where is that coming? I haven't thought about that in 20 years. That's so weird. And it's weird because you, or I was re-experiencing all of that fear, the shame that went with it, not knowing what to do. Like all these feelings would just rush through me as these memories would pop into my head. Couldn't figure out why. One night I'm in my kid's room and uh, we often are just sitting with our kids trying to get them to to fall asleep. And I decided I'm going to take a moment and I'm going to meditate on this. I'm going to really focus on these memories and try and figure out what it is that they're trying to tell me. And so I just sat quietly, was breathing and just thinking back to those moments and trying to figure out what is the deal. And I was holding my daughter's hand and I noticed that she was snuggling with her porg. Her, her uh, porg puppet that we got in Disney World, mm-hmm. and in that moment, I flashed back to when we were in Disney World together, and how normal life was. We were laughing at coronavirus. We were laughing because one of the people that was with us was sick, and we're like, "Ah, you got you got the Rona," mm-hmm. in front of him. But all of a sudden, it all connected for me that I was I was my body, my mind, my spirit, whatever was trying to make me process the fear and insecurity and the lack of safety that I'm feeling right now because of this pandemic. It's, it's something that you know I, I live my life in my house and in my yard. I very rarely leave my own property. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't have to wear a mask every day. I don't have to do a lot of the things that people have to do to, to get through the day. I just stay home, which is kind of a dream situation for me but in that moment recognizing how different the world is from 6 months ago i just started weeping like i just was totally crying about the the loss of normalcy the mm-hmm. the feeling of fear and just the recognition of how i don't feel safe and that's not something that i've processed in the, in this whole in this whole time but the crazy thing was it connected all the dots that I was having with those memories. And it was like mm-hmm. something in me was trying to say, dummy, sit with this for a minute. Like, like acknowledge this. Go through this. Because you're just ignoring it, pretending that the world is fine outside by hiding in your house. Mm-hmm. And I cried through it. My kids cried with me. It was kind of a, you know, it was a a lovely little shared moment where I was able to show them vulnerability. Able to show them that it's okay to be afraid, yeah. and uh, and and at once, I was at peace with all of it, and and that feeling of fear went away, and those memories have not come back, and and when I try to think of them, my relationship with them is different. Mm-hmm. I don't have that same like oh the shame of being out of control and and sadness and and all these things. Um, so it was just really powerful, and it just reminded me. How much, you know, we talk all the time on this show about how important meditation or something like it, you know, yoga for you, how important yep. it is. And that for me, you know, thinking back on the last few years using meditation, there's been no more powerful tool in finding my own healing than using that for these moments. Because I've had, I've had now a handful of these moments where something from the past, some traumatic experience comes up and I'm able to revisit it. And see it through a different lens and and to really heal and grow from it. And so I just I open this show with with that story, hoping that that someone who's out there trying to struggle with these feelings, struggle with this reality, you know, just to remind you, not even to necessarily meditate. That, that's not even what I'm trying to push. But just sit with the feeling. Mm-hmm. Just just find a way to just experience it because anything else. Will prolong your healing from what we're all going through. So I just wanted to share that because that it was just when I have these moments, they're they're life changing. They're extremely powerful, and so I just I hope that that hearing this will help someone who hears this story um, and and finding their way through whatever life is throwing at them right now because of the way we're all living.
1: Right. Well, it, that's really powerful. I mean, we are all going through a rather traumatic, uh, time here. And even if you don't want to think of it as traumatic, we've all lost something very dear to us. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, my, my wife and I are on vacation right now and I use big air quotes here, vacation, (laughs) because we went to a, a different location. And, you know, even today we, we went to the downtown where, you know, there's signs everywhere saying, you know, you have to wear a mask. If you're here, you wear a mask. So everyone's wearing a mask. We tried to go into a store and it's a, you know, this cute little bookshop that we go in every year and they were like, you you need to wait outside. We are, we're at our max capacity of eight people. It's usually, you know, 30, 40 people in the store. Right. And then it was time to get some lunch and we're like, okay, where can we get lunch? Well, that place is takeout. That place is takeout. That place is takeout. And we finally found a nice place where you could get a sandwich and eat, you know, at a picnic table, but mm-hmm. it is, you know, the, the normalcy, right? We, we have lost it yeah. and who knows if we're going to get it back anytime soon, right? Yeah, I, We will eventually, but this is forever changing us. And in my mind, it's very traumatic because I lost something that I valued greatly. And that was this, you know, going on vacation and experiencing a, a downtown or, you know, going to the mall to pick something up or as, as much as I hate going to the mall, I would love to go to the mall just mm-hmm. to like stroll through and see right. people and see faces. Right. I, the, um, you know, being here on vacation again, everyone's wearing masks when they're outside. I can't see faces. I just see eyeballs and yeah. I really don't like that. Yeah. I like to see people's faces. I like to smile at people. I like to see people smile back. It's, it's very depressing to be in this situation. So kudos to you for, for stopping, and acknowledging that you were actually, you know, traumatized by this experience, and you needed to process it.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and I think a lot of it is there's so much change happening for me this week. Like, you know, right now, right now I'm I'm living it up, man. The family's out of town; they're gone. I'm all alone. It's just me and the cat, and we hate each other. Beyond that, it's great.
1: <laughs> so let me guess: you partied it up last night, went to bed at eight.
0: I actually know I did stay up till midnight. I, I had I had some Star Wars stuff to watch, so you know, I had to had to do that.
1: But Oh, really? Yeah. Existing Star Wars or old Star Wars? Uh, old.
0: Yeah. Okay. It, it's the Resistance cartoon. It's uh, it, it could have been a lot better. It um, could have been. But this week there's a ton of change. Uh school starting for my kids, sort of. It's online. They're still going to be here. Uh my wife her last day at work was Monday. So she's going to be adapting to learning this new role that she's taking on. And, you know, me, I'll still be here doing what I do every day, but trying to figure out how I fit in the mix of my wife's new schedule, my kid's school schedule, which I saw, they emailed it today, and they've got it broken down like per half hour for for when they're not on the screen. Like, do this from 10 to 10.30, and this from 10.30 to 11. I can tell you right now, not happening. <laughs> that schedule <laughs> will not be followed by anyone, anywhere, other than when you have to be on a call on Zoom or Teams or whatever you're using, that's when we'll follow the schedule. Outside of that, good luck. So this week being a point of transition, I think, is what highlighted that that instability, that that sort of fear that was bubbling up and, and sort of feeling out of control again, because I don't know how, what life is going to look like next week when, you know, mm-hmm. normal the current normal takes over. And you said something interesting about uh, not about being worried about or, or thinking about ever going back to normal. I don't think we'll ever go back to normal. I think that we will establish new normals that we will all get used to. I think that we will be wearing masks for years. Um, oh, yeah. So uh, learning to adapt around that and and adapt around a vaccine when it's here and who uses it and who doesn't and how globally it's distributed and all of the things it's going to create a normal that we won't recognize. And so I've, I've given up the idea that we're ever going back to normal. I just want to get to a point where it's safe to get on a plane and go somewhere for a while.
1: Yeah, no, same here. And that plane is going to go to Orlando or LA for Disney.
0: Yeah. Or, or Hawaii.
1: That too. That would work. (laughs) Any of those. in a pinch, I and, and
0: just just quick rant, just a real just real quick, all this shit, of course, happens the year that I finally get off my ass and sign up for an Alaska Airlines, uh, you know, rewards <laughs> card. I put this off for like 15 years, but finally, I was like, you know what? Finances are starting to get under control. This bill is going away. That bill is going away. I'm gonna start racking up some miles. This is gonna be great. I'm gonna travel. It's gonna be just gonna be terrific. I'm gonna take advantage of the thing that all of my friends have done forever. <laughs> and now I basically get the luxury of paying the the service charge without the benefits of using the the free flights. So pissed. Anyways, uh, anyway. rant rant over. But just just quickly, story of my life. Right, finally finally get on board for the big win, and uh, too late. Yep, you're right. Um,
1: and when you say the new normal, right? It, I think the big thing is that everyone wants this to just go away poof and we go back to normal
0: tomorrow right well say and and some are saying we're already there but you know they, they're wrong
1: <laughs> um yeah so a a college in close to where um we live um and where i grew up uh, interestingly enough that all those kids went back and they had a wild crazy party mm-hmm. Um, about a week ago and now there's 177 cases at the college wow. like just blew up to the point where the governor has to is gonna have to bring in the SWAT
0: team. Amazing. Oh my God. I am I am curious to see if uh there's any fallout from the Republican convention because there were several people gathered without masks and many of them in a fragile age group. So I'm just just curious. Not not a political statement. Just curious. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see. So with all this talk about, you know, sort of how we're surviving the the current pandemic and and the state of the world, um this is something that's been sort of a theme I think for us and and will be in coming episodes is is choosing how to live with this, choosing how we allow it to affect our lives. And I think for all of us, there's going to come, and and there are starting to be points for us, uh, times when we need to make a choice. Like, how much are we going to isolate from friends? How much are we going to not let our kids play with other kids? How much are we going to let this completely isolate us from the world? And for how long? I know that the armor for us in that is starting to crack. We're starting to have you know, distanced outdoor barbecues, going out on the lake, doing things that are safe, you know, and outside. And of course, you know, as we're starting to do that, the weather's starting to turn. So it's going to be very difficult to have outside gatherings, that sort of thing. Um, but, but again, the point of, of just making a choice. And, and that's where I, I want to introduce our guest. His name is Ryan Sawyer. He was uh, one of the coaches for Eastern Washington University, won a national title, uh, married to a lovely bride, starting a family. On the outside, he had it all. He had the dream job. He had everything going for him. And that was after years of quietly battling depression and and this this feeling underneath that that something wasn't right. And it all came to a head when his wife just found him in a ball crying on the floor because the depression at that point was winning and he had a choice to make. And so we had a conversation uh, the other day about that choice and how it has completely turned his life around and why he doesn't even recognize the man he used to be. You had the dream job, a job that people would work their entire lives to get. You won the championship. All the things that that you would strive to accomplish. So I'm curious to hear how you answer the question that I get asked a lot: What did you have to be depressed about?
2: Yeah, that, and that's that's the question right there that leads to in the moment when you are going through, uh, you know, this experience of depression and anxiety that makes it even worse because the the compound effect of guilt. Adds up because that's the very story I was telling myself. Like, Hey, you don't have anything to be depressed about. So then, then the story just reaffirms itself because then you beat yourself up for it. I mean, you look back at your life and say, Hey, I had this good childhood experience. You know, parents were together. I mean, it wasn't perfect, but it was, it was healthy, you know? And, uh, and so why is it that I'm experiencing this? Why is it that my early teen years and my later teen years that I experienced suicidal thoughts? And why is it in my, my twenties was, was just a sabotage fest of, of you know, not being able to sleep and and all of the above, right? And and so why is it now in this situation where I'm living this dream life from the outside looking in? I mean, it's my dream job. I'm a Division One defensive line coach. Just won a national championship. You know, marrying my wife, and and so what's really going on? And I think that inner turmoil of not only judging myself for it and feeling guilty because I'm experiencing it you know, just compounds the, the experience of it. But in all reality, what I have found is that we don't need to have a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, this is something that can be generational. It can be something that is a compound effect over time of just not being aware and not being control of what's happening in, from an internal perspective. Mm-hmm. And really what it comes down to is the meaning making that we place on what's happening in our lives, right? So all the way back to our early childhood development, something could happen that made you feel like i'm not good enough i'm not worthy i'm stupid whatever it is and then you continue to reaffirm this limiting belief about yourself
0: mm-hmm.
2: and uh until it continues until it actually will at some point manifest itself into this physical reality of what we call life um you know and, and, and that's even where we found ourselves in my marriage my, my wife and i heidi you know we we uh when I left coaching, it was no by means like the end or the result or the the outcome of me saying that hey, this is now we're overcoming this. This was that was the beginning, right? Right. That was the beginning of the fight, and uh, and you know eventually we led ourselves down a path where we were even more apart and 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 grew further and further apart to a point where we were, we almost had to end our marriage because we just didn't see any other way out of it you know, mm-hmm. and that was a reaffirming belief that I felt like sooner or later, I'm going to screw this up. Uh, I'm not, I don't deserve to be happy. I don't deserve this beautiful family and home. Yeah. And, and so, um, yeah, I think that's just being hyper aware of what's the narrative that's running in our mind. Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. When, I guess, when and how did you discover that what you've been battling all this time was depression? Did you know as as a young man or was this a relatively new discovery?
2: You know, I, I had suspicions, you know. There was definitely major signs. I remember reaching out when I was like 22 uh, for help and and getting a little bit of answers. I mean, the doctors at that point in time were just like, "Oh, yep, you're 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 bipolar or this, you know." And here's some medication, and yeah. I would take it for a while to help me sleep. Uh, I'd feel like a zombie, and I would stopped taking it. And so, you know, what I was experiencing, I, I did it so. Internally and I suppress it so much. I never told anybody. Even my wife didn't know that I was dealing with depression until she found me curled up in the ball in a corner of a room one day, going, well, what's going on? What are you doing? You know? Yeah. And so I mean, I think there was definitely moments throughout my life where I was it came to enough of a head to where I realized this is this is not right, this is not normal. But I honestly at the time, Jeremy, I thought that there was just something wrong with me. I just thought I was fundamentally. Messed up, right? right? And uh, again, I had this belief that sooner or later this depression was gonna win, and it really wasn't until I spoke it out loud. When my wife found me in that curl up in the ball, that I said, "I'm depressed." Mm-hmm. Like that was the first time that I said it. I admitted it. I was able to look at it, and it, and it, honestly, in that moment, I had this small sense of relief because I was I was being I was being authentic for a moment, right? Yeah. I wasn't wearing the mask that has caused more uh, repression, suppression, and and, uh, and 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 suffering.
0: Yeah. Walk me through some of the steps that you took then to start climbing out of that darkness. What you walked away from, sort of how you decided to change your life and and go on yeah. the path that you've been on.
2: Yeah. So, 2015, we walked away from coaching. And uh, I initially went down the, the road of like Spartan training. You know, I lost 70 pounds and I became a Spartan SGX coach. And I thought, hey, the more I can push myself, mm-hmm. the more relief I'll find. Right. Because yeah. I'd have these moments where if I did 300 burpees and did this and that and the other, then I'd, I'd have a couple of days of, of calm, mm-hmm but it, it was just because I beat myself to death almost. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I like to say that, uh, that tired muscles, uh, tired muscles, quiet, dark voices. That's something that yeah, I say to right. myself a lot. <laughs>
2: and So I thought, Hey, this is the answer. i always just have to continue to get better at pushing myself physically. Right. And what well, that honestly didn't last long. And, uh, you know, eventually Heidi and I, like I said, where we were kind of at this breaking point with our own marriage, where we, we realized hey, we have to do some major work to, to have a chance at saving this. Right. So, we we started to do real more deep internal work. I mean, I went down the path of, of meditation and uh you know had a very intense meditative practice doing Dr. Joe Spence's work. And re- really for me, Jeremy, is I'm kind of a guy that super resistant, uh, super I used to be very, very skeptic about just about anything. It's, it was out of my realm of comfort, right? I mean, I felt like I had a lot about life figured out at the time when. When you're, you know, in the type of role or profession that I was in, you know, you kind of think that you kind of have things figured out. For me, it was starting to connect the dots to what was happening on a scientific level. Yeah. Like, what what is this neuroplasticity? What does that mean? You know, and how are our cells reproducing? Like, what's going on there? Epigenetics, right? Mm -hmm. And to start to realize that, hey, I can rewire. Like, if I created this mess, Mm -hmm. I can untangle it. Yeah. Right. So I have to start to learn the tools on how to witness my thoughts, to let them go, to be able to replace them with something that's serving me, to be able to heal these parts, these fragmented parts of myself that are from early childhood development that, that, I mean, it's trauma doesn't have to always mean some sort of abuse. It can just mean this, this meaning making that we can continue to compile over time that eventually this is all these little tiny paper cuts and they add up. Yeah. And so Um, the the process of of meditation and Heidi and I got into some pretty deep emotional work called uh, shadow work, where we really are able to trace back to the origin of where we made these agreements with ourselves that, uh, for example, that I'm not worthy or I'm stupid or whatever these things are that continue to play out as narratives in our minds. Right. And and therefore show up in our lives. We go back and we kind of find the root of those things. We rewrite the narrative from that 10 year old or eight year old boy Right. And, and then we are able to visualize or picture ourselves, like how would our life have been different with a different narrative? Yeah. You're you're smart. You're worthy or you're capable, whatever it is. Right. And, and then you, and then from there, you're able to recognize like, okay, if this was the truth of me, how would I then authentically show up in this moment? right? Right. Right. And start to take small incremental shifts and small authentic actions towards building your confidence, in a way that you haven't before, and to build and to experience more peace, and eventually, over time, you know, with these practices of meditation, the breath work, of doing this deep shadow work, and and you know, yoga and somatic movement, that you actually can, I like to tell tell people, like, you can teach your body how to feel the way you want to feel. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so, the more I feel guilt and despair, then I am programming my mind and my body to feel more of that in the future. Yep. so I can release it not judge it but just release it I'm not suppressing it if I can release it and I can replace it with something and I can teach my body how to feel peace and joy and be abundant then that's what I'm going to attract more of in my life
0: so it's so interesting so much of your story resonates with me because I I was very similar I felt like I had life pretty well figured out this deck was stacked against me depression was going to win all the all the things that, that you're saying here um, and through Similar thing, meditation, breath work. I I had these experiences where I went back and reprogrammed these events that happened in my life and and healed from them in a way that years of therapy couldn't do, but in like one session of breath work or one meditation just corrected it. And that has sent me on this other journey, trying to do more of that and trying to connect with what I I can only describe as like a a spiritual journey. And that's been really hard to grapple with because I was I was a pretty and i'm not a religious person but but it is really hard to go from you know the earth is a rock and we're all here by accident and you know it's we're all it, all this stuff's just going to happen to there are other forces that seem to be at work that we can sort of control i mean it's it's sort of star wars like right like you you have you connect to the force and you can make things happen in, in a weird way is that in line with sort of where you're at and how has that shift been for you to to kind of open up to a more spiritual experience
2: so there's no question that I was of the mind frame, like, you know, there is no God. Like yeah. We're all just here on this rock for while we're here. So you might as well have a a, a good time while you're here and party it up and whatever. Right. There's no <laughs> bigger purpose. And, and just, I, I would just shrug my shoulders and people like, I don't know what you're talking about, but when things started to show up and, and really part of it was for me, it was like recognizing like why not take on adopt like, for somebody else i see somebody else experiencing something that i want to experience more joy and peace and, and i'm like so i want to know like what's working for them
0: yeah how do they start
2: their day like what are their beliefs how how, how do they, what is their internal process that actually is working because obviously mine is not <laughs> right right totally. it's pretty apparent to me that like whatever internally is happening inside of here like it's needs to be reprogrammed right yeah when yeah you, this old hardware out and install some new one, right? Yeah. So it, it was honestly just opened the door to possibility. Like, let me hear about your thoughts. Let me hear what you believe in. Okay. So I I would I would meet with people who are very universe driven, like, oh everything's about the universe. And it, whatever terminology, universe, God, spirit, right. whatever. It really to me is all the same. And yep. and so I'm not a religious man, but I am a spiritual man. And it's become to a place now where like my spiritual practice before was for an outcome of like quieting my mind, right, for mm-hmm. a specific outcome, and now I have a spiritual practice that is because I want to remind myself of what I'm connected to, right? This larger, this larger uh, energy that's at work in my life that that we can co-create with, right? And and so there's no question that there was a ton of resistance, and then I can recognize some that resistance falling away, and and the more that I open up and be curious and kind of keep that beginner's mind, the more that uh, more like possibility was being allowed into my life. And the more I was able, man, this is such an important topic. I was able to let go. Yeah. I was able to surrender. And I used to hate that word. Right. I was able to surrender parts about myself or, I mean, this is, I think a, a real common principle that's coming up a lot recently in my life is, is the price of a new life is the old one. Like we have to be willing to cut ties. Yeah. You know and and to let go of and realize hey m- maybe I was wrong for 35 years. Right? right. Maybe and that's okay. It's okay that that version of me was wrong or right or wrong or had a different perspective of life. But this version of me is gonna open up my mind and, and see what is possible with it with a different way of perspective perspective life, you know, and uh so it it was it's not overnight, no question. Yeah. For me it was I think it's some it can be for some people they have some you know, miraculous experience that it's like, oh, now I'm a believer, right? Right, right, um, right, right. But it was incremental for me.
0: So, how does that translate to your life now? Do you still have moments of depression? Is it still an ongoing struggle? Uh, how How is life for you now?
2: Yeah. So now, I, I would say I'm a very healthy person, mm-hmm. mentally, physically, and emotionally. Uh, but there is still you know, times I don't equate. And this this is going to be I haven't really talked about this before. In public so what i now experience is what i call upgrades okay when i am stepping into my power in a different manner right when i'm taking on something new or stepping outside of my comfort zone for a great example is my book right, right. this this idea that i have enough capacity to write a book right and then I have enough confidence to actually put it out to the world. And then I'm creating a coaching model. That's kind of based in the foundational principles of the book. And now I'm on all these podcasts and doing these, Like this is breaking some serious conditioning. Yeah. I am healing parts of myself. Parts of myself are dying off old neural pathways. Certain genes are firing and other genes are turning off. Right. You know what I mean? Cells are reproducing it, you know, with different vibrations. So this is a chemical shift. Yeah. It creates different reactions within your body, right? Very easily, if I were to be in the story of what I'm feeling, I would call that depression. I mean, there's been eight or 10 day spells where my vibration is low and I feel this sense of loss in my chest and I'm having a hard time uh, really casting a sort of clear vision for my future. Right, all these things sound very familiar to depression,
0: right? Oh yeah, yeah.
2: And, but yet I am in that recognizing, no, this is the process of transformation. I'm fully in the river right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a few weeks ago. Okay, so I'm weeks away from my book launch. I'm a weeks away from this whole new experience of life because I'm transitioning from not just having my residential painting company to being an author speaker. And running this coaching model with my wife, right? So life is about to drastically change. Yeah. And I put myself out there to such a level and being vulnerable enough to where I kind of feel like I'm walking down the street naked. Right. right? So there's parts of me that don't don't want me to tell this story.
0: Sure, sure.
2: Parts of me that are still like, eh, don't, no, don't, don't say that part. Don't yeah. talk about what <laughs> that you want to turn into oncoming traffic. You know, <laughs> we don't want people to know that part.
0: Right. 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 Yeah.
2: So that neurological what I call pruning, right? I'm pruning old neurological connections that used to wire and fire together, right? Yeah. And creating new ones. And so that experience, which creates chemical reactions and everything else within our bodies, feels like depression. Now, even my wife's like, are you doing okay? And I'm like, I'm not suffering, mm-hmm. but I'm not comfortable. Yeah. You know, I'm not just waking up like, hey, hey life's a bunch of roses,
0: you Right, know? right.
2: But I recognize the more that we take on and step out of our comfort zone and, and take on a new belief and really integrate these things into our lives to where now we can't go back to an old experience where this new experience of life is 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 completely different and new and fresh. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some conditioning that gets broken there. And it could very well potentially show up and be labeled as anxiety or depression. But it also can be labeled as just like anticipation and, 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 and uh, excitement. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and so I, I really, I do everything I can to just sit back and witness what I'm experiencing now, Mm -hmm. right. And not attach or identify and go, Oh boy, here it comes. Yeah. See, you know, you're trying to put this book out there and, and this depression is going to come back. You better run and hide because that's what's really happening underneath the surface. That's a story that's wanting to be told by Mm -hmm. my narrative. And so I let it go and I replace it and i let it go and i replace it and i let it go and i replace it over yes. and over thousands of times yeah in the last few weeks
0: even yeah, yeah. i'm sure i i i can I, again i can relate like just as as a dad who's trying to work from home trying to do a podcast trying to start a small business all the th- like it's tons of stuff to get overwhelmed by and when you do get caught up in this has to succeed or else there's going to be a problem or or i have to be a better dad or else, like when you put all this pressure on yourself to do and be these things that are like, you mentioned the river, you you can't change the direction of the river. You can only change, you 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 can slightly alter your path on it, but the river is going to take you where it's going to take you. And, and being able to let go and let that river happen, let that experience happen opens up so many more doors than it closes.
2: Yeah, no question.
0: Um, Yeah. and, And to add to that too, I think that, one of the
2: pieces that we, especially in our, in our culture is we get attached to the outcome. Yeah. We get attached probably. I'm assuming to I'm doing this podcast I've invested all this time and equipment and, and energy and this and that and the other. Like if I do all this work and it doesn't succeed, like I'm going to be a failure. Right. I right. mean, whatever that narrative that's running. Right. Yeah. And there's, there's no question, like the voice, the voice that's trying to keep you in a known, not even comfortable. Like I don't really like that, that word comfort zone mm-hmm. because what I was
0: experiencing wasn't comfortable. <laughs> right. 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 I mean, no, but it wasn't comfortable, but it's familiar. It's what you, it's, it's the it's song, all, you know, it's the none. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: It's the, all, you know, it's the experience of, of guilt and despair and depression, and anxiety, and these things like if someone calls that comfortable. Like, no.
0: Yeah. My therapist likes to say that, uh, that kind of conditioning is like, you know, you know how to play one song on the piano. So when you sit down, that's the song you play. It's not until you start learning new songs that it suddenly becomes interesting and exciting, and and you actually grow. You know, you have
2: different impressions on your minds. There's that's now the song that's running. Right? Yeah,
0: exactly. yeah. it's so interesting. Um, tell me a little bit about this transition. I mean, going from forgive the expression, but the typical macho football coach guy to being this vulnerable, open dude. How I guess what's been the reaction from from people around you? Have you have you lost? friends? Has has anything changed where people sort of see you differently and, and you're not uh, as connected to people as you were? You know, for the most part, the people who are in my life now didn't know that guy. Oh, yep. See, that's
2: interesting. I show them pictures and be like, no, no, seriously. I was is like, you know, pictures of football or coaching and headphones on 270 pounds with a can of Copenhagen in my back pocket. <laughs> It's just, you know, honestly, you know, I saw a picture just a couple of days popped up in my memory from 2012, and it was in mean, my whole D-line. I had like, you know, 18 guys there in a, in a team photo, and I've got my arms crossed, and I'm, you know, sunglasses on. I'm right. Like, I don't even recognize that person. You know, I mean, I can remember what it was like to be him, but I don't recognize him from my current uh, experience now of life. and. And so there's no question that there's been a change in some of the relationships in life. And even in some of the really close ones, like that was part of the guilt of going through leaving coaching. I mean, my nucleus of, of, of support and my circle of influence, it was around coaching. Mm-hmm. You know, my brother who came to almost every game, my dad came to almost every game. We were super close and not that we're not close now. It's just different. Yeah you know and all of my best friends were all from football either players i played with or guys i coached or guys i coached with i mean it was my whole life was built around this identity mm-hmm. and so now uh i have a lot of friends who are more in the in the coaching world or in the entrepreneur world and that type of stuff and uh and so they don't really know that person you know so there's definitely been some people who i spend less time with no question mm-hmm. and uh and have different relations You know, Um, but really, it all comes back to like the experience of being in the four walls of my own home. Like the majority of my time is spent here. Yeah, and we are always focusing on what it's like to have the internal experience of being me first, and then the the we. So the I sphere, meaning what is it like to be Ryan, and then the we sphere of Heidi and I, and then the it sphere of our family. Right, and so we we're always working from the inside out. And honestly, like I get so much more fulfillment than I ever knew was possible out of those four walls that I live in. Right. Right. And, and then, so I have less need to like go out and have a beer with the guys type of stuff. Like I used to like, Felt like get me the hell out of here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, get me out on the town where I can, you know, run amok.
0: Right, right, right
2: you know? So, um, there's definitely been a transition. There's definitely been a transition there. Um, but I'm also coming across and meeting a ton of really, really impactful people. And, you know, guys like yourself, they're, they're out there doing things that are uncomfortable and growing, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm really not into chit chat of like, Hey, so you see, I mean, I'll talk about the Seahawks for five or 10 minutes, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, not much. And And so I want meaningful relationships. We're talking about growth and life and, and evolving and spiritual and this and that and the other, you know, and going beyond or whatever it is the conversation sparks into, you know, um, th- those are the conversations I want to have.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know? that, that's why my buddy and I started this podcast. It was just like, you know, we felt like we're two sort of middle-aged guys that are having these conversations and people need to hear middle-aged guys having these conversations because they hear, all they hear from guys is, Seahawks, baseball, beer—you know, work—and and and that's—it's always the superficial, superficial topics that that they don't help you move along as as a person. They don't help you grow. And I think when you do share your real, authentic experience with another person and and let them in a little bit, you both grow from that experience. And then then
2: the conversation turns into you know, oh, if I would have done this or I could have done that or I wouldn't have blown out my knee, I would have been here. Yeah. If we're just living in the past, man. I want yep. to be here present with you, yep. or I want to talk about what's next for you.
0: Yep, absolutely. Yeah, right. Let, let's talk about what's next for you. You've got uh, the coaching business taking out uh, the book. The book, uh, as of the publishing of this episode, is available. So I'm, I'm looking forward to reading the book. Uh, tell, tell us about the coaching program as well and what you guys have going with that.
2: Yeah, so this, this whole idea of being a coach outside of sports was something I was super resistant to for a very long time uh but it wasn't until i realized like i mean i i like I, i've just been a, an absolute obsessed with learning and making myself an experiment you know i've now have six different certifications between being an unbeatable mind coach and a, and a mindfulness uh meditation teacher and a Kakura yoga instructor and i mean all these different pieces of the puzzle that I really dove into those things to deepen my own practice. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it was understanding like, Hey, listen, I'm not taking all this information in and digesting it and integrating it for just myself. I I, want to share it now. And, and so Heidi and I were kind of doing our own thing. She was coaching one-on-one and having success doing that. And I was doing workshops and teaching breath and yoga and visualization and different things of that nature. And then we, we thought, we thought we were like, you know what? I see us going down this path where you're getting busier. I'm getting busier and we're spending less time together. And we've been down this path before, mm-hmm. like, Stop! like we're going <laughs> to make sure that we are aligned because I know on the other side of this is going to have to be work that we're going to have to untangle. Right? So I was like, how can we align ourselves? Well, that's now the name of the membership is be aligned. Mm-hmm. And so it's not couples, uh, coaching. But it is this idea of principle that individuals do their own work, right? And we're setting up a membership that is starting in September and it's 30 days free for the first 30 days is free, no obligation. And so we can, people can hop in there and in this membership, it's going to be unique because I'm gonna have a ton of content on breath and meditation and even have some yoga practice in there a little bit and things of that nature. And then eventually we'll go into all kinds of principles of like the big four mental toughness from a unbeatable mind or our Q process stuff, which is the shadow work. And we'll be able to support people within the membership with that. Like all these pieces could be courses that are outside of the membership, but we're putting them within the membership, right? And then what we're gonna do is we're gonna do a monthly topic that are basically things that we learned along the way that helped us connect the dots to deepen our own practice, right? So how does perception work? Like you hear this idea that, that, you know, people are just mirrors reflecting back to our own need for healing or whatever that, like let's understand these basic principles and let's do a lesson each month about a principle and we can have some journaling prompts behind that and some challenges and things of that nature. And so we'll have questions and answers calls and then we'll split up and do men's and women's calls as well so the men the men can go with me and and we can get more specific into you know what it means to be a man type stuff and Mm -hmm. within these principles and practices and so yeah so this is the kind of the next thing for us is to develop out this membership where we're really truly serving our community and and it's such a reasonable price that we feel like people can ebb and flow at their own pace like we recognize the importance of people, you know, being able to really work on themselves in one season and pull back and life is happening in the next. But we think it's so important to be guided and be mentored and have some sense of accountability and or just guidance, right? Support, right? right? Yeah. And creating an environment of growth to where people can kind of flow in and flow out and, and be as involved as they would want to be, you know, depending on this season of life. So uh, that's, that's kind of our our concept with that without going too much deeper into it. But, uh, sure. we're excited about the model and doing it together, you know, in a, in a way that we're now we're enjoying is working together. We're enjoying collaborating together and building it out and, and eventually hopefully coaching together, obviously. So,
0: yeah. It's powerful stuff, man. You have, you have a terrific story and uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to share it with us and, and I wish you the best of luck with the book and, and with the coaching program and, and, and your journey forward from here.
2: You as well, man. I think you're doing a great job with this podcast. So thank you for having me on and I wish you the best of luck.
0: Again, that was Ryan Sawyer. He's the author of Choice Point. Break the cycle of self-sabotage, accelerate your growth and realize your true potential. I love, love having conversations like that. Whenever I can get real spiritual and, and woo-woo with people, uh, that's, that's the sweet spot. I, I love having those kinds of conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Uh, on, and, and just full disclosure, I have not read the book yet. What I've heard about it is is fantastic, and and speaking with him, uh, I, I anticipate good things. So uh, head over to Amazon, check it out. There's a link on our website, thefitmess.com.
1: I was actually a little disappointed that I couldn't join in on that conversation. Yeah, you were you, you were having wonderful.
0: some you were having some problems with the with the house. What was going on with your place? What's not going <laughs> on with my place? That, that would be a much shorter list. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair enough.
1: We bought the house almost a year ago, and every single month, something big has kind of gone on us. This, oh this month, it was the air conditioner.
0: Ugh. Well, at least it's the end of summer, so it shouldn't be too bad. Yeah, it's, it's not. Hey, you know, uh, I know a, a terrific way to cool off. Grab yourself a frosty, cold, athletic brewing company beer.
1: I actually have one right now. No,
0: do you really? What are you drinking?
1: I'm drinking the run wild IPA. This is, you know, when, when I made the choice to stop drinking, um, there was nothing on the market that, that tasted good. I mean, it was just all pretty much garbage. Right. And I, I succumbed to the fact that I would never drink beer again. Mm. Um, and I genuinely like beer. Like yeah. the, the alcohol part of it was a was a nice side effect, but right. I actually really enjoyed the nice ice cold, you know, hoppy IPA. And you know, with Athletic Brewing Company, it's it is it, it's like to, drinking a real beer. It is a craft non alcoholic beer, and I'm so happy I found these guys.
0: If you can't tell by now, they are a new sponsor of the show, so we're we're super excited about this partnership, um, and for a number of reasons. But for One, like you just suggested, the ability to have a beer uh, and not feel like you're faking it is remarkable. The other day I went for a bike ride uh, for the first time in in months. And when I got home, I had a, I believe it's the free wave. It's the double hop IPA. And oh man, sitting in my lawn, drinking what tastes like an actual IPA was, Mm -hmm. I just, it was like, oh, right. That's why I used to love doing this. This is amazing. So, uh, so thank you to uh, our new sponsor, Athletic Brewing Company. We have a link to them on our website as well. And they're widely available in most you know, beverage centers, wherever you're getting your normal beer and wine. Uh, I've seen it on a number of shelves around here in Seattle. But again, there's a link on our website. And uh, we cannot recommend them enough because we cannot st- stop drinking them enough because they're delicious. So uh, very exciting news to, to have them on board.
1: And if you live in an area where they actually don't carry them in in a local store, just head on over to their website, athleticbrewing.com, and you can have some wonderful non-alcoholic craft beer delivered right to your door. Doesn't get any easier than that. So Jeremy, I've got a little bit of a a challenge for myself. You know, you feel free to, to follow along, but I know that maybe this isn't your thing every day. Um you know, one of the, one of the areas that I've been struggling with lately is, you know, fitting in time for yoga. Mm -hmm. I, I have trouble meditating because I can't sit still. I have, I'm super highly sensitive in my entire body. So I, I, I feel pains and things and I can't sit still and yoga is my meditation. That's when I process things. That's when I breathe. That's when I get right in my head. And that, you know, carries me through the week. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that I, do yoga once a week. I usually do it multiple times a week, but over the last three weeks, I haven't even done it once in a week. (laughs) So, um, I need to challenge myself to get better there. I need to, I need to get that back into my life. And I'm going to challenge myself to get at least three sessions of yoga in per week for the next month, at least because yoga is my medicine. It's so beneficial for me. Mm -hmm. And when it's not there, like the depression sets in, the anxiety sets in um, just things that don't let me live my life to my fullest Mm -hmm. set in when I'm not doing yoga. So I just don't know why I ever fall out of it, but maybe I need these moments to remind myself that that stuff is important.
0: Yeah. It's, it's amazing how much in the last, you know, several, several years of this journey, uh, there's things like that, that I learn and I incorporate, and they're amazing and life-changing and all of the things and then somehow they become too hard to keep to keep up. Either you go on vacation, you get sick, you get injured, you get you just forget one day. Whatever it is, these things will knock you out of that habit and you know, you'll hear a conversation like this. You'll read a book, you'll see some meme on Instagram, whatever, and you'll be like, "Oh god, yeah, I used to do that." Every day. I used to do that three times a week. I used to eat like that, whatever. And you suddenly remember, God, my life was so much better when I did that. I should try mm-hmm. that again. And that's, you know, I, I go back to the story we began the show with, uh, being able to just meditate. And the power that I have to meditate, I think I, I underestimate my ability with it. Um, because it that whole experience that I shared took like five minutes it wasn't even a lengthy thing i have this ability that i forget about and i'm not i'm not trying to brag that's not the point of this i i think the point is that i've done enough of it that i've gotten better at it just like you know i can't i can't throw a football and one time russell wilson couldn't <laughs> either but he worked on it and got really good but i have i have this ability when i when i just shut the fuck up and sit down for a minute I can become one with the ocean. I can go back in time. I have these experiences and this ability to fix stuff in my head and in my spirit or whatever you want to call it. And when I have those moments, I go, God, why don't I do this every day? And that's where I've been. So my my challenge, which began a few days ago, has been meditate more. Mm -hmm. I need to get more specific and meditate every day. Uh, I'm I'm going floating tonight, so I'm very excited to have an hour of just silence and and uh, sensory deprivation to go even deeper. Um, so You're that's that's bastard. my challenge to myself is to 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 listen and and you know we talked a lot in uh, the interview with with Coach Sawyer about um, about having a coach about having a mentor. That's something that I think is very important. It can provide a lot of benefit, but I think you also need to remember that. Your that voice in your head, not the fucked up one, not the one that tells you you're a piece of shit and lies to you and, and tells you how awful everything is, but the one that when you really listen has the answers, that one's right. Mm-hmm. And you need to find the time to be quiet and, and differentiate between the liar and the mentor because you have one in you. We all do. But we get so wrapped up in the right now surviving you know and and just being safe but also working raising kids all the things that we're doing um that that, yeah. that voice gets drowned out so yeah and
1: everyone has those voices and the one that you feed is the one that you're going to hear the most
0: yeah absolutely so so, so I, I in the same vein i'm going to be uh, i'm i'm challenging myself to meditate every day because i just i'm i'm in one of those zones right now where i remember this this is what put me on the path that has that started this entire journey for me, and that turns out I'm pretty good at it. So good for you. So that's what I'm going to work on uh, in the coming days until at least until we meet again, and, and hopefully beyond.
1: Good for you. I, it's again, I I I can't sit still to meditate, but an hour of yoga, yeah. I think, gives me that.
0: It's the same. Yeah,
1: same thing. Yeah. right. It, it's just. it it puts me in a different place. It really does. And it's, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was all, um, just woo woo bullshit. Yeah. When I've heard people like say they go into a yoga class and they leave feeling different, but it's true. Like I go into a good yoga class. If I have a good session, I literally will walk out feeling like a different person. Mm -hmm. Like, if there was depression there, it's lifted a little. If there's anxiety, it's reduced a little. If um, something was going on that had me worried or or some physical ailment, it's always just lessened a little bit and and I can approach my day with a just a completely different mindset.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's
1: what it's all about is changing your mindset.
0: All right. So with that, we're going to wrap things up. Uh, a special thanks to our guest, Ryan Sawyer. Again, his book is Choice Point. There is a link to that on our website. There's also a link to our brand new sponsor, Athletic Brewing Company. Uh, go there to have your uh, your non-alcoholic craft beers. And we're talking top-notch, delicious craft beers sent to your house or find out where you can buy them in your neighborhood. Um, and with that, we'll get out of here. And if you have not yet, by the way, please do subscribe for our email newsletter. We uh, are putting a lot of attention on that and trying to get... Um, a a lot of valuable tips, things like this, things that we're working on, things that we're doing to improve our lives. We're trying to share those uh, through that newsletter. So we hope you'll sign up. You can also do that at our website, thefitmess.com. With that, we're going to wrap things up and we will be back with a brand new episode in just a couple of weeks at thefitmess.com. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
1: See everyone. We know this podcast is amazing and does not seem to lack anything, but we do need a legal disclaimer. Jeremy and Zach are not doctors. They do not play them on the Internet, and even if they did play them on the Internet, they would be really bad at it. Please consult your physician prior to implementing any changes that you heard on this podcast. The listener assumes that Jeremy and Zach do not know what they are talking about and that you will do your own research on the topics talked about on this podcast.